Hey, good morning, everybody. How we doing? Doing good? I enjoyed that. I like the acoustic set, changing it up. Uh, I, I like it a lot. Well, hey, we are in uh, week six of Prove It. Six weeks. This series has been uh, so much fun for me. Uh, we've covered a lot of ground so far. I kind of want to just hit, hit the high notes. Uh, we've hit uh, talking about faith and endurance and how we don't want to trade uh, God's timing uh, for our deadline. Uh, we talked about how we shouldn't just be listeners of the word, but we should be doers of the word. We looked at how God doesn't play favorites, and neither should uh, we, and we need the right circles of people around us. I talked about how faith works, a faith without works, uh, faith without good deeds is in fact useless, it is worthless. And last week we talked about the tongue and how it is a small and yet a very powerful thing, and that what is in our hearts is revealed by the words that we say. And so today, I'm excited to continue this series. We're gonna be in James chapter three again. Uh, we're gonna be starting in verse uh, 13. So if you've got your scripture journal ready to go, we've got those out in the lobby if you guys have been following along that way, or if you prefer to follow along digitally, check out our live event on the Bible app. And so uh, last week we talked about the tongue, but today we're gonna be looking at wisdom. And so James says quite a bit about wisdom. Uh, some people actually call the book of James uh, the wisdom literature of the New Testament. And so before we start getting into this text, I just want to uh, gently remind you uh, that oftentimes scripture is written in a way so that when you hear it uh, and you reflect on it uh, and you see it describe people, it's written in a way that's supposed to kind of be like, I see what was described there, that's not me. Right, like this person that's got it all together, that's wise, that can control their tongue, that's not who I am. And so today, as we talk about being wise and understanding God, if you are feeling a disconnect between what you're reading and your life, can I just tell you, do not be discouraged, right? But be open, right, to whatever God puts on your heart that through the work of the Holy Spirit and the work of the Word, uh, He does not want to tear you down. He actually wants to do the opposite. He wants to refine you. He wants to strengthen you. So if you're reading this text this morning and you feel like it's kind of getting to you, uh, don't push back against that. Uh, just be receptive to what God uh, would have for you. So we're going to pray to get started. Would you guys just put your hands out like this, just a posture of surrender. God, I trust you. I want whatever you want for me. I'm not going to put up a wall. I'm going to be real. I'm going to be vulnerable. Let's pray. God, we need your wisdom. True wisdom comes from you alone. Let us receive your words, allow them to change our hearts and our minds. Help us to see the rough edges in our lives uh, that need to be smoothed out. Help us to have tender hearts today. Help us to not put up any walls, just to be receptive to whatever you want for us today. I ask all these things in Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's hop to it. James 3, verse 13. All right, you guys are gonna say the yellow out with me. You got it? All right, if you are wise and understand God's ways by living an honorable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. Say that in the yellow one more time. Prove it. Prove it. That's the title of this series. This is the first time, all right, I've been here six weeks. This is the first time James actually says the words prove it, all right? He's carried that attitude throughout this whole Look, but if you are wise and you understand God's ways, prove it. Uh, prove it how? By living an honorable life, doing good works, uh, and doing those with the humility that comes from wisdom. Prove it by living 
an honorable life. Have you ever encountered someone who has no honor at all? Uh, It's really hard to trust someone like that uh, because how can you believe what they are gonna say? Uh, Living honorably just means that when you say something, you're gonna do what you said. You're going to keep uh, your word. In the past uh, year or so, this might have been a COVID watch, uh, Kelsey and I have watched all the episodes of Survivor. Any Survivor fans out there? I know it's like really old now. It used to be like the, this raging deal. Uh, but contestants are battling for a million dollars. And I love this show because it's like a little anthropology lesson. That's like the study of people. Uh, you see how people operate. Because when you put the stress of competing for a million dollars, right, that's some pressure on you, uh, compounded by the fact you're sleeping outside on a beach with little to no food, with a group of strangers who you're trying to make sure that they like you enough uh, and you help them out and contribute enough so that they don't vote you out, but you don't wanna do so good that they think this person's a threat, I gotta get rid of them. All right, you got all that going on. Uh, that's a lot of pressure. You really start to see how people operate. Right? You can see the mask comes down very quickly when you've got all that on them. And most of the people on the show, uh, I mean, they do those little cutoffs where it's like just them. They will basically say, I'm gonna do whatever it takes to win. I will do anything I can. I will stab people in the throat, stab them in the back, whatever I gotta do, they are gonna get out of here. They'd vote out their best friends if they could win it. And these people, they're labeled as uh, snakes or rats. Uh, They're people you can't trust. And it's funny, because when you're watching a TV show like that, it's so easy to see these people. Unfortunately, we operate in a world uh, where people operate with those same survivor ethics, right, here in the real world. Do whatever it takes for me to win. Sadly, that's, that's the world uh, we live in. And my, my plea for you is uh, you have to rise above that. You don't win against dishonorable people by being more dishonorable. It doesn't work. You fight, you fight it by being honorable, by keeping your word, by being a trustworthy person, by speaking the truth gently. So the first way we prove that we are wise and that we understand God's ways, by living an honorable life. Do your kids say you're the same person that your coworkers do? Maybe that's a way. Are you the same person throughout the whole thing? You gotta prove it. Prove you're wise by living an honorable life. Prove it by doing good works. Because you can't just say you understand and you're wise. You have to show it, right? You have to show it. You have to live it out. We've hit this really hard this whole series. Another football example, my wife's gonna be mad at me. I'm sorry, it's football season. Did anybody watch that Volunteers and Vols and Alabama game last night? It was amazing, great stuff. All right, uh, a lot of you guys watched football yesterday. And some of us, right, present company included, this was me, uh, you said some variation of these things while you were eating the cheese dip, reclined, all right, like on the recliner watching the game. Time out, time out. They need to call a time out. Run the ball, that's offsides, he jumped. Turn your head and find the ball. What are you doing, all right? Anybody guilty of talking to the TV? Like, is it just, like, this is real. Is anybody else? Hands up. I'm the only one, all right? I, thank you, all right? Now, of us who raised our hands, who coached or played at a collegiate level? Yeah, none of us. As much as we uh, say we might know better, we really haven't been in those shoes, under those lights, uh, with that pressure. It's really easy to talk about what's going on on the TV. Uh, it's not actually easy to be there. There's a big difference in talking and doing. We can't just talk about being wise and understanding God's word. We have to show it by the good works that we do. 
And then this last one, the last part he says there in verse 13, he says, humility that comes from wisdom. I think this is kind of how all that has to manifest itself. You have to be humble. You have to say, I don't know. And just be real, not having all the answers. We have those moments where we think we know all the info. Like the, the, we are the most informed uh, to make this decision. And when we know, uh, know it, I, when I, I know, I just know, that can get us into a lot of trouble. Uh, that's the opposite of humility. Uh, the opposite of humility, that's called pride. Uh, there's this, this video that I wanna, I wanna show you. Uh, I think it's two over here. Let me get that there. such a phenomenon, 10 million people watching a show about smart people every night, celebrating being smart. And I thought, you know what? Maybe it's not so bad being smart. Maybe it's not bad being a nerd. Maybe it's cool to be smart. And I followed that all the way, and I just graduated from medical school. That's awesome. He said, maybe it's not bad being smart. Maybe it's cool. Maybe some lingering bills from med school we need to pay off? Perhaps. Let's take care of that today. Let's work on it. This is what you're up against. 14 questions from $500 all the way up to $1 million. Of course, you're going to have your three lifelines to use. You know how those work? Yes, sir. You ready to go? I'm always ready. Without further ado, he's always play. ready. Who wants to be a millionaire? Burton, right. good luck. Thank you. Here's your $500 question. Snapping selfies in kitchens you can't afford and taking a meatball break are two things BuzzFeed says every 20-something does on their first trip where? To Paris, to London, to Rome, to Ikea. What's the, what's the answer? I'll tell you what, I think they do serve meatballs in Ikea. And uh, I don't think that's the right answer, though. So, kitchens you can't afford, meatballs... Sounds like it's got to be Rome to me. In fact, if I win a million dollars, I would love to take a trip to Italy. I'm going to say Rome, final answer. Brittany, it was Ikea. <laughs> All right, let's it go to that next Ikea. one there. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, man. Sorry, we can go to that next one. There we go. Perfect. If you were looking for uh, a sermon illustration for humility... And being humbled, there's nothing better than that, all right? At the beginning of that, he was like, uh, it's a show about smart people, it's great, people watching, maybe it's not so bad to be smart, I'm always ready, I got this. He missed the one for $500, all right? Uh, the answer was Ikea, he got humbled, came in there very self-confident in his abilities, and yet, he walked out of there with not a single dime, not a penny. Uh, so as we talk about wisdom, I just, I just wanna push back uh, a little bit and just tell you, and, and this is for me too, you know less than you think you know. A lot of us, we go through life just like that contestant. We know we have it all together, and then when the testing comes, we crumble. We don't prove it. Uh, pride, it doesn't listen, it knows. But humility, humility comes from wisdom. Knowledge, it puffs up. It makes you think you're better than you really are. To increase your knowledge, to know about things, is actually to increase your pride. To increase your wisdom, to actually put those things to action, is actually to increase your humility. We have to do that. There are some things that happen as we age. Um, 
And the more we experience, it feels like we think we have more wisdom. And there's definitely some truth there, all right? Uh, the more you age, the more you've experienced, there's some wisdom that comes along with that. Uh, but I think the, the distinction we've got to make here is sometimes the older we get, the more we know. We know the right answers. We're, we're quick to answer questions when they're not even finished. We are quick to offer our two cents. And so as we age, we've, we've gained more knowledge, but I don't know if we always gain more wisdom. So instead of becoming increasingly humble as we get older, we actually let the things we've learned increase our pride and suppress our humility. Uh, there's a, a quote here, I, could, I couldn't find the author, but it says, knowledge is proud that she has learned so much. Wisdom is humble that she knows no more. Knowledge is proud that she's learned so much. Wisdom is humble that she knows no more. See, there's a humility that comes from wisdom because true wisdom comes from God alone. It cannot be fake. You cannot fake the wisdom that comes from God. You can't do it. You can't do it. Uh, there's, uh, I watch a lot of NBA games. All right? I watch a lot of college football games. And there are guys, and I like to call them, I've heard this term before, fake tough guys. You ever seen those? Like they say the things that want to be tough, like, uh, but when it really comes to someone wanting to throw down, uh, they are not trying all that hard to get into that fight. You know what I'm saying? It's like somebody hold me back. And like they're looking for a teammate that can pull them back because they really don't want to go get them. They just want it to look like they're going to go get them. You guys ever seen this? Uh, fake tough guys. They want to look tough. They want to sound tough, but they actually aren't tough. They're fake tough guys. Uh, and just like there's fake tough guys, there's this faux wisdom group that we see sometimes too. That's people who look like they've got it all going on, but they have really no idea. This is kind of the theme of our culture. Uh, finish this saying, fake it till you, all right, fake it till you make it. Terrible advice. You need to face it till you make it. Don't fake knowing all the answers. Face the fact that you don't know and you're still going to proceed. That you're gonna keep showing up. Uh, I don't know it now, but I'm gonna keep showing up. I'm gonna face it until I've got it down. And with that attitude, you can see God do great things through you. Um, an example for me, uh, almost every, everything you see uh, in here, uh, out there, the, the pipe and drape, the stuff in there, the tables, the kids' walls, all that stuff uh, goes in the trailer when we're done. And when uh, we get it all loaded up, I take that trailer, it's a giant 24-foot trailer, uh, and I back it up into a storage unit that's like really tight, there's like a fence right in front of it. And um, I don't know if you've ever backed up a giant trailer that's 24 feet that doesn't have a camera on the back that you can't see what you're doing. It is not all that fun. It's kind of stressful. Uh, and there were a few Sundays where I questioned my driving abilities. I questioned whether this church planning thing was for me, not because of anything that was going on here, but because I was like, like Austin Powers stuck, like in that hallway, like just running into stuff, um, just going back and forth and really going nowhere. But I've faced it. I didn't fake it, say I got this. I said, man, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm gonna keep trying. And now I can honestly say, when I pull out of here with that trailer loaded up and I go to the storage unit, I gotta back that sucker up with or without people watching me, all right? Because there for a while it was good until somebody had eyeballs on me and then I got nervous. I was like, oh, I gotta show out. I can't do this. Uh, uh, when I get there, I do not have any anxiety about backing that thing up. It's not a headache. You don't fake it till you make it. You face it till you make it. 
Uh, fake it till you make it's the way of the world, not the way of Christ. No weaknesses, I can do this, I can do anything. Uh, that's not the way of Jesus. The way of Jesus saying, I need help. I don't have this. I'm gonna keep trying, I'm gonna keep pursuing you, but I'm gonna struggle. I don't have it all together. We don't wanna fake it. We don't wanna be fake tough guys. We don't wanna be fake, have this faux wisdom where we have to act like we have it all together. I heard a story of a pastor uh, who crossed paths with this missionary uh, slash doctor who uh, the missionary doctor was passing through the Tulsa, Oklahoma area and he was fundraising for his missions work in uh, I believe South America. And he was a, uh, a neurosurgeon. He's literally saving lives through medicine and surgeries uh, back in South America. And one time he's going to be sharing the mission with some pastors in the Tulsa area. And one of the pastors invited some doctors from his congregation to come. Um, the pastors, not knowing anything about medicine, were like amazed at the things that he was saying he was doing. Like he was doing surgeries out here in the bush. Like, how are you even do, doing that? That's amazing. God is just touching this man. He's blessing him. The doctors uh, had a little different view of this gentleman. Uh, they began to ask questions about uh, the equipment he used and how he kept that safe and sanitary in those conditions. And the guy got a little defensive about that. Uh, he's like, well, we have to make our own out the field. Uh, that's how we do it out there. He didn't really answer the question. Uh, one of the pastors, this was a large church, he's actually getting ready to cut the guy a check for like 50 grand because this guy's saving lives over here. He's doing great stuff. Uh, when the meeting was over, one of the doctors told the pastor, hey, Something doesn't add up about this, so before you guys start supporting him or doing anything, you need to check him out because, like, this doesn't make a lot of sense, what he's saying. Like, that's not possible. That would be really dangerous to do it uh, the way that he's describing. I'm not sure if he knows everything. Uh, they had someone want to run a background check on this guy, missionary doctor to uh, South America. Uh, they run a global background check. This guy was wanted in, like, eight countries for fraud. Uh, Yes, I make my own equipment out in the field, all right? That, that's some faux wisdom, all right? That's just faking it till you make it. And he about made it with a $50,000 check from this pastor. It's crazy, but here's the deal. He's just a con artist working the room. That's not what I don't wanna be. If you see someone who has all the answers, I don't care what, what it is. If they've got all the answers, spiritually, physically, uh, financially, politically, whatever it is, there should be a healthy level of skepticism from you because the wisdom that comes from above is not about knowing all the answers. It's actually about humility and being humble. And humility isn't thinking less of yourself. It's thinking about yourself less. I'm sure you guys have heard that before. So if you're wise, prove it by living, by honoring God with your life, living an honorable life. We've hit this hard every week, but what you believe in your heart determines what you do. Uh, you can't claim to be wise if you don't live honorably. You can't claim to be wise if you don't walk with humility. Uh, these next few verses here is uh, James 3, 14. Say the yellow with me. But if you are bitterly, and there is a ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. I make my own equipment in the field, all right? Don't do that. Next one. For, let's try it again. For, and are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is and ambition, 
you will find disorder and evil of every kind. See, there's two things that hit in every one of those verses. Two things that cannot be associated with wisdom. Jealousy and selfish ambition. Jealousy is just seeing what someone else has and saying, why don't I have that? I want that. I deserve that. It's, it's the comparison trap. And here's the deal. God doesn't compare what he creates. When he created all the earth, he looked at his creation and he said, this is better than this. No, that's not what he said. When God created the earth, what did he say? He looked at it and said that it was, the answer is good. He looked at it and said that it was, there we go, all right? If you see good things happening to others and you cannot celebrate with them that good things are happening to them, you have stuff you gotta work through. Like, that's just the truth. If you can't celebrate the wins that other people are going through, you got issues you gotta work through. Why can't we be excited for others? And I really think it's tied to the second part of that verse. For many, it's our self-ambition, that that jealousy and self-ambition, they're actually tied together. We can't root for others, because we are so full of self, we don't have time uh, to cheer for others. That we, 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 would, then we would have to be better than everyone else around us so that we can see, so that they can see how much we've accomplished. We can't cheer for them because I'm busy getting ahead for me and mine. And can I tell you, friends, life is too short for it to all be about you. When it's all about you, it shrinks the entire world down to a population of one. A life that's all about you will lead where there is either no one around you or the only people around you are there because they want something from you. They want something from them. When you lead a life that's all about you, it's gonna lead to a lonely life. Jealousy and self-ambition are completely opposite. They're completely opposed to God's wisdom. James three seventeen says it this way. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is peace-loving, gentle at all times, willing to yield to others, full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. We've hit this hard, and I want to hit it again. The fruit of any tree is attached to its root. Right? The, the root is going to determine the fruit. James shows this over and over and over again. Uh, your faith is a root, and its fruit is going to be in your works. Your heart is a root, uh, and that's going to control the fruit of your tongue. You guys track with me? Wisdom is the root, and the fruits of wisdom are that you're going to be peace-loving, gentle at all times, willing to yield to others, going to be full of mercy and good deeds. No favoritism, always sincere. Just real quick, we're going to hit those and just go through them just a little bit. Peace loving. You cannot be a pot stirrer and have the wisdom that comes from God. You ever been around somebody that's a pot stirrer? Just like, just turn it up to see what's going to happen, all right? Going to be a lover of peace. Gentle at all times. Gentle at all times. Are you gentle at all times? This one kind of hits me, hits me hard. Um, willing to yield 
to others. When was the last time you followed someone else's lead? I know a lot of you guys, you, uh, where you work, right? maybe you work for yourself or maybe it's a small, small organization or maybe you're the guy at the top. Uh, when you are the guy at the top and you don't have to say no to anybody, you can do whatever you want. You don't have to say yes to anybody rather. Uh, it gets really easy just to not listen to anybody else. When was the last time you followed someone else's lead? Full of mercy. And I want you to really think about this one. When was the last time you forgave someone? I forgive you. When was the last time you said those words? Not that you, you I forgave them in my heart, but when was it said, you know what, I'm sorry, you were right. When was the last time that happened? Uh, full of mercy, when you forgive someone, good deeds. Uh, good deeds are, aren't good deeds if there's a string attached. Doing something for someone with no expectation of a return. A lot of times we don't do that. We only do it with, I'll do this if you, that, that's a string, that's not a good deed, that's, that's a favor that you want to get returned to you. Uh, no favoritism. Uh, to treat everyone as a child of God. Even that person in the office that you cannot stand. That posture. Uh, no favorites. Last one, always sincere. No insincere words falling from your lips. That can be hard sometimes. You gotta look for the good. And those are the fruit you see when you are rooted in the wisdom of God. Last verse here is James 3.18. It says this, and those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. Plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. James comes back to peace again. And this time he says, peacemakers will reap a harvest of righteousness. Planting seeds of peace is a hard thing to do. All right, planting seeds of peace is a challenge, especially if you're in a place where uh, there's not peace already. Because there are so many things that divide and, and separate us. Uh, I was talking to a friend, uh, uh, this was about a year, year and a half ago, uh, and he was at a small group at his church, and he said they were talking about the armor of God about the armor of God, got to uh, the belt of truth. And someone just started telling the truth about COVID and vaccines and the mark of the beast and microchips. Um, we're not gonna go into all that, but they were, their heart was sincerely to say, I'm going to tell you the truth. Like, this is just the truth. And others in there could not believe in this small group that you wouldn't get vaccinated. Right, like two completely different ends of the spectrum. And very quickly, this group of believers who were gathered together as a church body to worship Jesus together, instead of being united over that, they're arguing over talking points of different political candidates. Have an opinion, be informed, absolutely. Don't forget whose you are. You're not Trump's, you're not Biden's. You are a child of God. And don't forget, there are people on Team Jesus that see things differently than you. I'm not saying change your convictions, but you don't need to sow seeds of anger and strife and division. You plant those seeds, and you're going to reap not a harvest of righteousness. You're going to reap a harvest of wickedness. And can I just be honest with you? That's exactly what the enemy wants. 
to be divided, uh, not by what we believe about God, but to be divided by the things of the world. We need to be united by the king of all creation. Plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. It's a lot of work to plant seeds of peace, uh, especially in the climate that we live in. Uh, The world we live in, almost every topic is a landmine waiting to be stepped on. Like, I don't know if you've ever experienced that. It can be really hard uh, to just be authentic and real, what you're thinking, because you're afraid that somebody might uh, be upset. I saw this comedy sketch, and it said, playing Guess Who in 2018. And then it was like, I don't know if I can ask these questions that I would have asked, because I don't know if that's uh, relevant anymore, if I can do that. And I just think it's, that was 2018. We're in 2022. It's, you can't ask any of those questions now. It's going to take work to sow seeds of peace. Ephesians 4.3 says this. Say that with me again. Make every, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. And, uh, I just, a practical thought on how to keep united. Uh, if, if pride puffs you up, it makes us feel like we know. Humility listens. That's the wisdom that comes from God. It listens. Do you know that Jesus asked 307 questions throughout the Gospels? He asked 307 questions throughout the Gospel. Jesus actually knew the answers. And yet he still asked questions. We don't actually know. We should ask even more questions. And what's even more challenging to me is not only did he only ask, uh, he asked 307 questions, he only answers three questions directly throughout the Gospels. Maybe a good practical way of keeping the unity, making every effort to be united in the Spirit is to ask Good faith questions. To ask good faith questions. When when people say something that you don't agree with, instead of just jumping on them and showing them all how they're wrong, maybe you could just ask a question in good faith. And the the way that you do that is probably not through Facebook or a text. They're going to think you're being snarky and it's going to blow up. But that's just how it's going to be. Those conversations are done, best done, face to face and eye to eye to seek to understand what someone is thinking. Because to be on Team Jesus, we could be divided by these things in the world. That's okay. But we should be united by the one who died on the cross for your sins. We shouldn't be divided by these things of the world. We should be united by the one who made everything. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit. Binding yourselves together with peace. Maybe you're here today and as you're hearing this, you're saying, you know what, I need some wisdom uh, that comes from God. You know, as we've read through this, you realize my life isn't marked by the wisdom that comes from above. Your life isn't marked by uh, being peaceful, being gentle. I'm willing to yield, I'm merciful, I do good deeds, I treat people equally, and I'm sincere. If there's anyone here who's feeling like, I need some of that wisdom, 
I got, I got good news for you. Uh, there's a verse in James we read the very first week when we got started. It's James 1.5. Uh, and it says this. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. God wants to give you wisdom. And the wisdom from above is humble. It's pure. It's not prideful. It doesn't puff up. It makes us listen. It makes us lean into those around us. Let's pray.